0: Hello and welcome to the Thinking Aloud with Mao podcast. I'm your host, Mahmoud Al-Ansari, and you can call me Mao. Today, our special guest is a dear friend of mine, Jenna Kafid. On this podcast, we discuss what it means to be black and Muslim in America and her own personal experience, what it means to be a Muslim woman in America and her own journey when it comes to wearing the hijab, the struggles of wearing the hijab and being a hijabi in America, mental health, and racial issues. I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm excited.
0: You know, I kn- I didn't think a lot of people would just be willing to come on the podcast just so easily. So it's, it's pretty nice to see how willing the Muslim yeah. community is to come on.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people, like especially our age, have a lot to say. Um, and I think a lot of us are a lot more like educated on today issues and what, it like, what it's like to be a Muslim American or an American Muslim or anything like that, however you fall under that, um, I think that, I think we have a lot to say and I think people should listen because we're redefining what Muslims mean in this country and with everything that's been going on, like, in the past God knows how many years, uh, it's worth it to have this, these type of conversations.
0: Yeah, it is. And you and I have had, you know, a lot of conversations in the past with this kind of stuff. And that's why it was so easy to bring you on and think of you to bring on. Yeah. And because you and I have had, you know, very different struggles than each other. But at the end of the day, they were kind of very similar because at at the end of the day, we were Muslim. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of it had to go to, if if I really want to sum it down, it goes down to our identity. And battling between them even you yourself are you're mixed right yeah
1: well well that that the whole mixed thing i think that in itself for me was an identity crisis because of how white skin i am but i'm african-american like my great great grandmother is white and i think polish i don't know like i'm really not even sure are you serious so it's not even
0: like one of your parents Mm -hmm. that are
1: yeah not at all
0: so both your mom and dad are black yep I thought this whole time knowing you that one of your parents. think about it.
1: I've known you for a long time, and I just would tell people, "Yeah, I'm mixed," because I don't like questions. I don't like giving too much away. I used to not like to give too much away about my personal self because I didn't know who I was. So, like for me to not have that own like identity crisis, and then to also have people interested in what my identity is, confused me. Like I didn't know what to do. So I just feel like it's easy to just tell people I'm mixed. Because if I say that I'm black, it's how, why are you so light? Why does your hair look like that? Why is your hair so light? Like all these other things, like your features just don't look like that. And it's just like, chill out. I look just like my dad.
0: (laughs) Huh. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. When people ask me like where I'm from, I immediately, I'm like, Maryland. You know, because I was born and raised in Maryland. Because also I was kind of confused as to what to say too. Yeah, I say
1: Michigan. I'm from Detroit. I was born in Detroit. moved to Maryland when I was about seven.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So you're not even a Marylander? No. Do you like craps?
1: No (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like crabs um my family's big on crabs big on crabs meat nah is
0: your family from Maryland
1: um no but they're from the East Coast like New York North Carolina stuff like that near the water
0: you know what surprises me like you, you can talk to Pennsylvanians and they have no idea. they don't some Pennsylvanians have never tried crabs in the really West. I
1: yeah. did not know that
0: it's it's weird that it's is really there. weird but yeah I would tell them like I'm from Maryland they're like no 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 where are you really from? I'm like, ah, okay, I got you. My parents are from Egypt. And they're like, oh, so you're Egyptian. I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, my parents are from Egypt. I'm not sure. But, you know, as I grew older, I was like, sure, man, I'm Egyptian. But the problem is, is when I would go to Egypt, they'd go, oh, American. And I'm like, okay, so what What the hell am I? You know, like.
1: Yeah, and I've always been so interested in what that struggle is like because I've never been out of the country. Like, I don't even have my passport. I've never left the country. I've only been to, what, like five or six states. Um, And, like, So many people in my family travel and I haven't and it like that's something I've always wanted to do and I've always wondered like what is that identity crisis that other kids have when their families are from a different country and what is their identity in America really because We were told our identities were certain things in SAT school or whatever, not SAT school. I just graduated and I don't even know what the school is anymore. Um, Like in our SATs or standardized testing, like we put what our race is and we put what our ethnicity is. And from a young age, we knew that there was a difference between race and ethnicity, but we never got a definition.
0: Right. And it's weird because a lot of, I would say almost a quarter of the Egyptian population is black. Like most of them are darker than you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know a lot of Egyptian... Like girls that are darker than me, and it's, it's just so crazy. Like, to then and then further, I guess we'll get into the conversation. Then going to college and then meeting even more people from so many different places that look so different from what the stereotypes are. Like we all have our own biases and our own stereotypes. Like, the, I think the school that we went to really debunked a lot of that for like me personally.
0: Yeah, it did for me too. It was the most diverse thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Is yeah. UMBC, but. You know, those girls, when they had to take the SAT, when they had to apply to colleges, or not girls, sorry, when those when those Egyptians that are even darker than you are, mm. they have to put down Middle Eastern, Caucasian, white.
1: Yeah, I hate that. It's, it I, doesn't I, make I any like sense, that. right? I don't like that for you guys. I don't like that for Egyptians. I don't like that for a lot of people. I don't, I just, I don't agree. Like... You know, and I'm a sociology major, and oh, I was—I don't know how to—I don't even know how to say—am I a sociology major? Was I? What do I? I don't know. I don't know.
0: That's I don't not really know. But, I'm not
1: there yet. Yeah, but um, like, like the social construct of race, like, was created by a white man. So, what is race if it was defined by a person that I, has a race? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Uh, Things confuse me like that, and I think that's why I ended up going into sociology because, like, learning about different aspects of life and like why we say the things we say, why we do the things we do, why we interact with the people we interact with, and how it creates us and how we create society. I thought that was pretty cool, and like that all goes into like everything we're talking about.
0: And when I would tell my friends that, listen, I don't even think race is real. They they would always be like, "What are you talking about? Like, it's not real because I can be an Italian American in the summer." or a mixed kid in the summer, and then in the winter, I'm a white kid again.
1: Yeah. And, like, race has become real. Race has become a very real thing. Right. Like, extremely real to death. That Like, that's how real it's gotten. But the, or- the originality of what race is or the, or the origin of race has, like, no standing to me, personally. Because someone saw another person and said, you're less than. And that automatically shows it's not coming from a place of a good heart or proper religious background or whatever moral thing that you're holding yourself to because you've suddenly said, I'm better than you because I look better than you. And who are you? Like Who said that first? I'd love to meet him.
0: Right. And I, I was actually reading Malcolm X today yeah. and he was saying how in the Middle East, all the racial issues that they have in the Middle East, they don't have that much, Like it's not that bad, not nearly anywhere near yeah. this America. But Uh,
1: I've heard mm, heard a lot of things about the Middle East and like racism. It's
0: it's a lot like it's a lot worse when 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 people talk about it than when you actually go and and deal there. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that uh, this is exactly what Malcolm X is saying, that the Middle East everywhere that it has racism or everywhere Mm -hmm. that in social society that there is racism it is because it has been touched by Western. Thought. I mean, Western media and Western ideology has spread across the entire world. Yeah,
1: completely. There's
0: no way around it. And so, when I even talk to my mother, when I even talk to uh, people around me that are that are Egyptian or Arab, uh, they automatically think that blonde, blue hair, uh, blonde, uh, blue eyes is like the epitome of beauty.
1: Mm -hmm. And even if you look at other countries um, like South Asian countries where they have. Um, the fair skin and stuff like that and within their own cultures and in their own societies And I'm using that as an example just because I'm very familiar like with the culture and um, a lot of my good friends are from South Asia um, They're within their own cultures and within their own countries. There's extreme racism that was brought in by the West Right, and it stayed there and it's it's like killing humanity in my, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just yeah. killing humanity
0: I mean, it's weird because a lot of those Egyptian girls or, why do I keep Girl. saying Egyptian I said girls? Because so you sorry. did say yeah. girls. A lot of those Egyptian kids that are that are darker than you, who who may even go through more minority issues mm. that, than than me. Yeah, than yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. Get to, don't get to say that because when it comes down to the bureaucratic system, they're considered Caucasian yeah. even though they're not.
1: Yeah, and I think that brings me into my topic of I really don't use the N word. Like I don't know if you like you rare like I don't know if you've ever really heard me say the n-word and it's just because the origin for me isn't something that's positive like i when i was younger was like but if my ancestors came down and heard me saying the n-word like to a friend when they were getting whipped and lashed and being said to it and like by in a negative way like they'd probably hate me they'd be like you're disrespecting the lineage we've created for you like the struggle we even had to have that first person out of slavery have a child to then get me all the way down the line of generations to get me i would feel like i'm disrespecting my family and that's just a really personal thing but by all means i think that black people should reclaim the word like it's theirs um but that like i don't ever like i if i do say it i get a i get some looks because they're like can she say it and you know yeah seriously because i don't look black to a lot of people to a lot of people that don't know a lot of black people i don't look black i've had people come up me speaking to me in multiple different languages Arabic, Spanish, um, like Somali. Like, I've had people speak to me in so many different languages. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I just don't know. And um, that another topic that goes along with this would be people of other countries using the N word, like that aren't African American because it's an African American word. It's not an app, af- like, it is a word for. Africans like that we were from we were taken from Africa. But then I feel at some point obviously definitions change and it became for some people an African American word just for them because that was an African American struggle. And that comes from something within the black and african community where oh, some africans don't respect black people and a lot of black people don't respect african people because we're not african.
0: It blows people's mind when I tell them that a lot of Africans yeah. that are black are racist towards very, African-Americans. Very, 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 It's a cultural thing. Like People is. don't understand that African-Americans have their own culture, and it's different than other black people's culture. And it's just, they clash a lot of the time. So, it's
1: a huge clash. Like, African culture is way closer to, like, any other culture than American culture. Like, literally. Country, literally, yeah. like, it's just not, it's not the same. If I couldn't go to Africa and feel at home, I couldn't go to Africa and feel at home. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, some parts... You know, like I grew up learning a little bit of Arabic, I can read and write, but I'm not from that country. Right. Well, I don't have anything to stand on.
0: And that's why I think I agree with I agree with your standing on the N word because I think it's either nobody should say it at all, yeah. or everyone should be allowed to say it because it's uh, very. Di- I, here's why it's very difficult. To, oh, but it, I see
1: your point, because I've, I've thought about this too. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, it's
0: very difficult to mediate. Like, who, who's going to who's gonna judge? Are you going to bring in, like, yeah. a, a person of the black representatives and be like, yeah. all right, he's allowed yeah, to yeah, say yeah, yeah. it?
1: Like, like, yeah, it comes down to, if you don't want to be friends with someone who says the N-word and is not black, don't be friends with them, because clearly they're not respecting your, you. Because I've had people... Like I've had people say, "Well, I have the pass," and I'm like, "Good for you for the person that gave you the pass, but they should have also told, told you the these are not rights to the past." But if you're this person is giving you the pass, use it with that person only because you don't know how how you could be offending someone when you say it to someone else. Like I get it; it's in songs, it's in vocabulary, it's in um, different socioeconomic like like places in America and like geography, all that stuff. Like, I get it, and I'm not saying, like, oh, you're a horrible person, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think you're a horrible person for saying a word. Um, I don't think you're a horrible person. I think that maybe learning the deep, real, where it comes from would maybe push you to just not want to say it. Like, I think if people really knew where it came from and heard it from really, like, different point of views, like, everyone in this generation is supposed to be, like, very sensitive towards each other. But for some reason, with certain things, we're not. And one thing being social media, one thing being race issues. Um, but on the other hand, we are doing a lot of progress as well. I'm not going to beat our generation down on that. Um, but I just think that uh, I lost my train of thought. I was talking about the n and I was saying that.
0: Because I said that it's either all or none. Oh, yeah. So is, you just yeah. think, that. It's,
1: I think that. it's. I think it's nothing or black people. Because of the origin. Because, but again, who's yeah. black
0: people? Like, that's, okay. that's the problem. Okay,
1: see, that is where like I'm like, even for me, I'll be like, okay, if an African person says it and they're from Africa and they're racist towards black people and they say it, I'd be like, but I wouldn't be like, you can't say that because he's black. Like that, I get your point. Because he's, I can't be like you can't. Right, say and that. what if
0: an Arab is really dark? You know how Arabs can be black, like, or Afro Indians Arabs. can be yeah, black. Yeah,
1: Afro-Arabs. Like, 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 what are they
0: allowed I, to say? It? Are they I not allowed to so. say
1: it? I'm not the. Are like, of the <laughs> exactly? Like, <laughs>
0: like, I who is <laughs> that's, that's like, the problem? Because the right?
1: thing is, is, I'm always gonna have my own personal views. Like, I'll say it in songs because I have the right to. You so, know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and I'm in my car, like I'll say it. But when I'm out. In public and interacting with people, like, I just am around so many diverse people that it's just not
0: something in my vocabulary. I think your narrative needs to be pushed more. Like, I think the the way you think about not using it, even though you're black, I think needs to be pushed everywhere. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is that I find is, is that when you use it in songs, when you use it in media, when you use it in TV, and... That's what white people, that's what Americans, that's what you know, minorities are listening to. They're going to say it just wait, because... Gonna, wait,
1: can I pause you really quick? Yeah. Be careful not to separate Muslims or black people or white people or anything from Americans. Did I do that? Yeah, you did on accident. But we all do. We all um, do because of our identity crises.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's,
1: How, like, I used to separate myself from Americans all the time when I'm like the poster child of America. Like, like, I'm black, I have white in me, I have Native American in me, and I'm Muslim, so I'm representing freedom of religion, I have freedom of speech, and I was born in America.
0: It's so hard to I'm the poster child
1: of America. Like, I've always viewed myself that way. I'm like, aren't I, everything that America emulates, like, a melting pot? Like, I'm confused, (laughs) you know?
0: And you know a little bit of Arabic, you know? Yeah, and
1: I, like, yeah, like, I think I'm pretty well-rounded.
0: It's because... My Our parents a lot of the times always did that so it's like stuck in your head since you're like yeah. four so it is difficult for me yeah, I was you know, I've always... in Sunday school
1: since before I feel like something I talk about with my family is I really never feel like I meet Black Muslims like me but from where they're from that's all they know So like the struggle and the disconnect between us understanding um, How we create relationships I think is hindered because They don't see how it's hard for me to make friends that are Black Because I'm their kid you know, and they don't see, like, the light skin, they, I mean, I'm sure they do, we talk about it all the time, but the light skin thing for me has always been crazy, and I'm no, in no way, giving myself some light skin struggle pass thing, no, that's not happening, I think that I've had a really easy life with light skin privilege, and I'm not taking that away, because, like, black women are queens, and they deserve love, and I'm not taking away from that with sharing my experience, I just want to disclaim that, um, um, I got a
0: question for you though. Yeah, of course. Why was it hard to communicate between you and the African American community? Or are you talking about Muslim African American communities Both. specifically?
1: Uh, I'll say specifically the black community um, because of the light skin thing. And there's. I
0: colorism. thought when you're light skin in the black community, you're like higher up, you know, I like mean, that.
1: Yeah, in the beauty standard world and a lot of those things and the, the fetish sizing and all that stuff. And it's just closer to a white woman.
0: It's, uh, like, it's,
1: it's colorism, like, it's still within, like, you have to, how we were talking about um, Western ideals, like, spreading throughout all cultures, like, the African American community is in shambles because of what white America has done, like, like, the colorism, the way we feel about ourselves, the internal racism we feel about ourselves, like, we don't even know it's there, like, like. I try not to contour my nose as much because I need to love, like, my nose. Like, I need to not think, like, oh, like, this my tip droops. I hate that. Like, no, it's my nose. You know, like, the beauty standards and everything. And I'm not saying I'm against plastic surgery. I'm not saying I'm against makeup. I'm not saying I'm against – do what you want because love yourself because you're all you got. But for me, the way that I'm learning to love myself as a black woman and creating my identity as a black woman late in life is – To embrace being black and in any way that I can because it's a part of who I am and that's like a big identity that plays in my life. Like I I used to say I don't have a culture. I do. It's black American culture. It's washed down from whatever like our food like even to the food. The soul food is literally the scraps that slave masters would give to their slaves and they would make in feasts like our food is slave food. Like, you know, I mean, it's good, but it's slave food. Like I always just felt like nothing was mine. Like I see, I went to El Huda where kids had culture, kids had deep culture in their families. And I didn't feel that because I wasn't around a lot of black people to know what that deep black culture was. But as I got older and like experiencing like HBCUs and seeing things, I'm like, Oh, okay. But then like, I have a family that's black and I'm acting like I couldn't have gone to them. But, the whole muslim aspect also plays a role um and where's your identity lie this was me as a kid where does my identity lie am i black first am i muslim first am i a woman first am i a, a daughter first like what am i first so i i always put being black after something because it just seemed a little bit too hard to like deal with internally because like my mom's side of the family they're all very light-skinned and i don't have like a deep connection with my mom's side of the family so um, and I was an only child for 14 years and I have two half-brothers. So I didn't have like that guy, you know, parents working all the time and stuff like that moving. And I don't, how, do, how is a kid supposed to find their, themselves in a world like this? And then the introduction of technology, like I remember the first computers, I remember the first phones, I remember the first iPhone, but we grew up with it. Like we, we grew up with it. We created it and we influenced technology way more than we realize, like our generation specifically. Like our age, like we've really done, because think about it, how do they know to look at um, our servers? How do they know, like obviously people were educating themselves on the back end to do all of that, but we were giving them access by putting things on Google too fast, by allowing too many people to put too much crap on the internet. Like nobody knows truth anymore, so how are kids supposed to find themselves?
0: You know, 16 to 19-year-old girls are the most influential human beings on the Internet. I think that is ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous, Because they all too. have
1: houses, they all have money, on, and all those influencers. And They're I'm, too young. I just turned 21, and I'm like, dang. The
0: like, fact that 16 to 19-year-old girls influence what Google, YouTube, you know, Facebook, <laughs> mm-hmm. what huge companies we fear to that. put on that. We started oh, no. that. Holy
1: we cow. started that. And they, t- they took it. They learned it. Because they, they had... We, like, we started the craft of learning technology, getting the first Apple devices, being a part of all of those testings, and all of the new startups, Uber, all, think of all the apps that weren't out when we were in fifth grade. And then sixth grade happens, seventh grade happens, ninth grade happens, and you get Instagram, Twitter's becoming more poppin' for us, all this stuff, and then that's also when
0: Uber happened, like sophomore year at high school, or freshman Are you year serious? Yeah. I didn't even know Uber, that. Like, I mean, they probably started before yeah. that, but they started popping off. But like, think about,
1: they're now sponsoring events that we go to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, they know where their audience is because we gate we are the audience, and they know where we are because we were there from the beginning. They've been watching us since the beginning. Like that's how I feel. And then with that, they can play on our insecurities. Well, sorry, I watched this documentary. The social, social dilemma. yeah. So that's kind of why my head's like thinking <laughs> yeah. about it like this. But I think that a lot of the way that we feel about ourselves and identity and being Muslim and being American and intersectionality and everything and even the definitions we know, the, the words we know, how we say the words we know, what we mean by the words we know and say, all come from social media because someone had to put it there first, someone had to like it, someone had to agree, and it had to spread like COVID.
0: And that's why I don't (laughs) don't go on social media that much. Yeah. Once you actually go into those topics, they all fall apart. Like race. Exactly. Like race falls apart. All all those things fall apart immediately. Mm -hmm. And back to the whole identity thing. Yeah. So what did you end up putting first?
1: Black. Well, I put Muslim first. I feel like I'm always going to put Muslim first because like Islam is something that man, I really don't know where I would be without it. Like my grandmother converted um, on my dad's side and my mom converted. And I really don't know where I would be without Islam or like, you know, religion in general, but Islam specifically because of the way that my parents taught it to me. I see a lot of kids my age, like distancing themselves from Islam because of the pushes that they have of Islam in their life, whether it's a more cultural push of religion or like a forceful push of religion on them I know a lot of kids who are like oh like I don't like I won't do blah 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 or I do blah 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 and I'm like why and they're like oh because I'm Muslim and I'm like I've never heard that before like there's certain things that are in with with, that are in within that are in certain cultures that are said to be Islam that are not Islam that are then implemented in Islamic schools that are not being watched properly and a lot of parents like mine were sending their kids to school to learn Islam because they didn't have a strong, like a strong foundation in Islam. And um, they wanted their, they, you know, their child is the one that's going to carry on this religion. And they talk about that in Islam. Um, And they wanted to give me that knowledge. And then I'm going to a school where I'm learning things that aren't necessarily Islam. And I'm going to school and my dad's like, I'm going to school and I'm coming home. My dad's like, don't be the Haram police in this house he would call me out if I was being a little bit too, um, you shouldn't harsh. do that, you can't do that, that's haram, or we should do this now because it's sunnah, like we have to do, like, you know, like being very particular about everything, because, you know, obviously they push kids to be, want to be the best Muslims that they should be, and I 100% agree, I think that the way that they should teach Islam to children is a little differently, and I can get into that later if you want me to, but.
0: You can get into yeah, it now. Yeah, you know? so
1: I just, I feel like as a kid, you need to teach kids how to love God. You don't need to teach kids how to fear God. Because, like, they've had studies where, like, kids, like, knew that there was another entity before they even knew of an entity that of God. You know? Like, they know that there's something else. So I've heard in studies and stuff. I can't call that fact on my own, but. them um, so claims
0: that. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like, I think that, I think that. I think you need to teach love of Islam and teach why Allah loves you and why Allah is going to be there for you and how to get you through those tough times before teaching you like anything else. And you have to think of the way that Islam was brought down. They taught you the love of Islam and they taught things that were going to help society before saying you have to wear hijab, no drinking. Even the drinking thing didn't start off as Haram. It was the people that ruined that, do you know what I'm saying? So. I think that they need to teach Islam from a, not new point of view, because Islam never changes. Like, anything in the Qur'an, fact stays there, never changed. And I believe that. Till this day, the Qur'an has never been touched, never been changed. Now, do I believe that people translate them differently? Yes. Do I think that interpretations get messed up? Yes. But.
0: Which if, is odd because the the way the Quran yeah. is written is it, the words are so detailed yeah. that it's very it's difficult. It really shouldn't to,
1: and yeah. and like learning and like doing tough, it's tough. See, right? Tough see, yeah, yeah, I
0: remember. Tough so. See, which is interpreta- yeah. Yeah, interpretation. interpretation. Yeah, interpretation. And that's that's the thing. It's like uh, when people go in mm. to the Quran or go into Islam with mm-hmm. their own culture in the background, mm-hmm. and all they want is Islam, for Islam to go. Yes, I agree with your culture. That's how you end up with this Islamic cultural, you know, dilemma. And and sadly, uh, we're highly influenced because most of the population, I I think it's at least a quarter of the population of Muslims in the United States uh, are from South Asian descent. And South Asians have very strict. Now, I don't want to say all of yeah. them, but for the yeah. most part, yeah. A, yeah. A, a more strict culture yeah. and a very rich culture yeah. in a beautiful and,
1: way. And, 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 yes, I was going to say in a beautiful way. And I think that the way that they represent their culture and stay strong to it is something that I admire. Yeah, Especially right. with the way that they create their communities when they come over and they really care about their families and, you know, everybody eats. And I love that about their culture. Do I think some things are a little bit too harsh? Not necessarily song sometimes. Yes, but... That's like everyone, we all do things that aren't necessarily Islam sometimes. so and again with the way that we talk about the power of social media, we can say that the power of war and the pow- the power of civilization and the power of like settling somewhere and um, creating a society influenced the way that Islam integrated into societies because you have to think of all the big moguls and all the big um, Muslim like Mansa Musa went across, Africa what was it the gold the gold, it's gold uh, right like
0: the gold, yeah whatever it was gold it was, like he,
1: he just I know had he, a lot of gold yeah and he was like one of the richest isn't he one of the world no richest known men ever he's like
0: currently unless jeff and he's bezos black, Sorry, sorry.
1: Him. And, and he's a he's black from muslim Ghana. Yeah. yeah so like all of that and you have to see like the way that islam has also integrated within those cultures through those things because they didn't have so they, they didn't have Technology or in the internet, social media back then, what did they have? The word of mouth? They had this kind of yeah, they had it in writing, they had Quran in writing, but. See that those are things that then I can't talk. I don't understand because if the Quran was right there in front of you, why are we switching things up to fit the culture? You know what I'm saying? But
0: a lot of people do that. I because, know,
1: but I just that's something that, said, that I can't talk about. I don't the
0: understand. problem is that the Quran actually does the exact opposite. The Quran usually comes down and tells you, "Listen, this is this is what you're doing that's yeah. wrong," and, yeah. and switches you up, and it's offensive. Like the Quran is meant to be offensive. It's meant to offend you, mm-hmm. uh, in a good way, to change mm-hmm. you in the right way. Yeah. What do we? Oh yeah. What is before, that? before we continue? What do we have here, right
2: I was just pulling up what you talked talking about earlier about uh, kids innate um, that basically says it's cognitive um, the thing before God before their parents teaching about them it's natural development um, kind of comes to them naturally through so cognition the
0: international journal for the psychology of religion found that children have an innate concept of God that does not come merely from anthropomorph
1: anthropomorph, anthropomorph-
0: anthropomorphic Whatever. Anthropomorphizing. <laughs> yeah, they observe. <laughs> ah, nice. That was really good. Yeah. They observe that traditionally the development of children's understanding of God has been described as, oh my God, anthropomorphic. Okay. I thought you
1: were reading that first. That's why I was like, anthropomorphic. <laughs> yeah, I
0: yeah, know. It's the top one. Uh, in other words, that the starting point for children's concept of God is that of a parent or superhuman in the sky. Really cool.
1: Yeah, see, I knew I had heard something through some educational grapevine about that, and I was like, hmm, sounds interesting, but yeah. I was like, that seems a little too deep And Sam to says that, it.
0: right? Like, it Sam yeah. says that there's something called fitra, and I've tried to explain it to Brad before, yeah. but it's, it's very difficult to it's say. It's
1: very hard. I, my entire seventh, seventh grade, wasn't that seventh grade year at It was the fitra book. Were you there? No, year? no, no. I left I that one about was, that. Yeah, I was in seventh grade. There's a book of fitra. Like, it's, I'm pretty sure it was on fitra, or... Tawheed, or one of, you know, the big concepts, but those are, they're hefty concepts to to know. They're
0: huge, and basically, Islam's theology says that, you know, we're, uh, for anyone who doesn't know out there, I'm guessing you do know, (laughs) uh, that we, even without us having a religion, we're born with certain things. We want to cover ourselves naturally. No one has to tell us to cover our private parts. And people say
1: that when you become more educated, we cover ourselves. Like, since caveman time, through now, through evolution, they say that the more educated people become, the more they want to cover. And Did you do
0: FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America? I
1: didn't. In high school, I didn't.
0: So me and Brad were in that, actually. and Remember when they used to tell us, they would make us cover. They told us the more skin you cover, the more respect you get from the wow. person in front of you. Yeah. And that how um, when you're doing an interview, you need to be covered. And they would tell the girls you have to cover from head to toe, basically. I mean, obviously, except yeah. your literal head. From neck to toe. How about yeah, that? Yeah. So I was just like sitting there, like, "Oh my God, are you serious? You're not seeing seeing the yeah, hypocrisy." Yeah, I'm there?
1: sure that everyone's like, "Why?" Like, da, da, da. but it's because of reasons like that. Like, again, in all schooling, I think that they need to teach the origin of why things are taught the way they are now to get us to really understand. Because, um, you know, the world now is like ADHD because we're getting everything so fast. We want to know how something works. We want to get the answer, and that's it. But how long have people been on this planet like acquiring knowledge like we really need to take a take a step back and learn the origin of things that we say because even the the english that we speak isn't ours it's the broken british english you know what i'm saying like it's the ghetto english like we speak the ghetto english so everything that we have is not ours in this country nothing here is ours not even the language we speak
0: I mean, it world, is now, really,
1: with the way that we talk, with the way that we talk versus the rest of the world talks, you know, like, I, it's I ours, like it. like it's it. our slang, I, I, like, I it. like it, it's it. ours, but...
0: It's it's interesting, right, because... Uh, even when you go on a beach and you find girls like half naked and men half naked, really. I mean, if yeah, some of
1: these guys out here,
0: yeah, you know, those speedos, yeah, on no. no one wants. To see and, you that.
1: know, in Europe, that's like all it is, right? Isn't right, it? I heard. Yeah. It's just all a Speedo. speedo.
0: Even yeah. like if you go to Egypt, a lot of it you'll find it like twenty five percent. Like
1: I would not. I wouldn't want to go. No,
0: personally,
1: <laughs> like I just yeah. wouldn't. I couldn't lower my gaze. Like, what am I going to do? Like, because like you know, you have to think about lowering your gaze on a daily basis and like not thinking too much about what you're seeing because we're so overexposed to naked bodies. You have to be able to not like think too much about what you're seeing. And if you go to a beach where every man is wearing a Speedo, what am I gonna do?
0: Right, and girls nowadays, like it's not even, I, I worked on the beach last summer for, for four months. Wow. And I have seen the transition from regular bikinis which are basically underwear. Yeah. If you really think yeah. about it, if you took a bikini and you put it in any other context yeah. other than sand and water, it's basically underwear. Yeah. And now it's like thongs. Like now they're no, and now they're like I, I, I. Okay, and
1: you know I'm all for. I love love yourselves, women. Please love yourselves. And not everyone's Muslim. Not everyone's right, Christian. Right. Not everyone's Jewish. Not everyone is like feels like covering themselves is empowerment. Like I personally do, but some people feel as some women feel. I'll mm, I'll try to make this add up. The way that black people try to reclaim the n-word is like the same way that women are trying to reclaim like the word slut or whore or wearing what they want to wear because women have always been told what to wear Like women have always been told what to do women have always been second to a man in society's eyes So what are we going to do in, in this day and age in 2020? What are kids supposed to do when you know kids nowadays are less religious so they don't—they're not having that religious or like emotional standing towards wanting to be more modest. And in no way am I coming down on girls that have been less modest. Like even I have been less modest in my days. So I can't—I'm not judging in any type of way. I'm just saying, like through my through my life. And, and my I'm not days. judging
0: either. I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. sit here acting like yeah. I didn't enjoy like <laughs> seeing that stuff. Yeah, so like yeah. I'm not gonna.
1: seriously. And but. so, like, um, what was I saying? Sorry.
0: Oh, you. you. I think you were breaking down how yeah. women were reclaiming okay, so, their bodies.
1: So what are girls and young girls and young women supposed to do? And women are, what are they supposed to do when they're reclaiming their rights without a, without a guide,
0: Yeah, without
1: a guide from a woman, a strong woman who didn't base what they, because at the end of the day, as much as even me, as much as I say, like, Oh, I don't dress for a man. We, we might as well be dressing for men because whatever we do is being judged. Like, you go out and it's like, man, I can't wear this top because the neck is a little too low and I don't, I'm going to a certain city where I could get catcalled. And then there was a story last year of the girl who got catcalled and she, I think, was like, you know, like saying no or something, something similar like that, and he killed her. So, like, what, what are we supposed to do and how are women supposed to know how to empower themselves? When even women can't decide on how to empower themselves. And the way to empower ourselves is to empower each other to be the best women we can. That's it. Like, that's it. And all the the clothes, the way we speak, who who we have to be, how we have to walk, how we have to dress. Like, Islam tells us what to do. And I can follow that. And, you know, everyone deals with their own struggles. And not everyone's going to easily be able to abide by everything. And so some girls might not be able to just, like... Be a little bit more quiet because they need haya because yeah. that was something they well, saw that stuff, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. So,
0: what I was trying to get at though, yeah. right, is that so those girls that are on the beaches that are dressed like that, and those men also, but it has become to a point where when us Muslims dress modestly on the beach, we're looked at like the weirdest. Yeah,
1: that's what we're what looked
0: saying. at like we're the oddballs there. When it's like in reality, if you dress the way you Listen, are,
1: burkinis are nice. Burkinis are nice. What are bur-
0: burkinis? Burkinis? Oh. <laughs> Can you pull up a burkini real Can you pull
1: cool? up a burkini? It's like the hijabi um, swimming suit a, outfit. B U
2: R K? Yeah. Well. B U R.
1: Yeah. Like, just like, yeah.
2: spell it how it kind of goes. Burkini like swimsuit. High,
1: high is high They're cute. They're comfy. They protect you from the sun.
0: They're comfortable?
1: Yes. I've tried them on. They're comfortable and listen. Just go, scroll the down Nike, scroll the, down Nike down. the Nike, the Nike scarf totally took their design from them because these have been out for so long. Is this a company? No, there's so many companies.
0: Okay, this is just what they're called.
1: Yeah, well, like my I've sister always, wears
0: this. I just yeah. didn't know they had a name. And now
1: they have the Nike Burkini one right there.
0: Wait, grab that um, the lady at the end. Halima. Halima. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, black just, the black one, lady. Go down.
1: She okay. just quit fashion actually.
0: The Somalian lady. Yeah. I think she's Somali, right? Yeah. She's Somali. Somali. she's
1: Somali. She yeah. just quit fashion.
0: Yeah, her. Yeah. For
1: Islam because her mom told her like, because they were telling her to lose her hijab. Oh, they were? Yeah. If you go on her story, she has a whole story about her hijab and why she left the modeling industry.
0: Huh. That's really interesting. I, thought, I was kind of a I, I, I was kind of upset because I was like, Yo, like keep going. You're you're oh, a Muslim yeah. model. I didn't know that they were if trying to see, do that. you see
1: like what her shoots were like in the beginning to what they started to be, which she does do in her Instagram story, which I think she put as a highlight, so you could go and watch it. Um, she shows pictures of like I used to not wear super colorful makeup, and that's a boundary for her. Like some women feel like wearing too much colorful makeup is like taking away from their hijab. Rightfully mm-hmm. so, because hijab is beautiful. They might not wanna wear too much makeup to take away from that and they you know put her in a turban and put her in some bright makeup and made her just not even look like a hijabi gave her hijab styles that look like hair like stuff like that like stuff like taking away from her hijab but still calling her a hijabi to fit the muslim american mold like that like what we're being told the muslim american mold
0: should be hmm and that's, that's weird, right? Is that the same people that are pushing for women's rights, the same people that are pushing for women to reclaim their bodies aren't allowing Muslim women to reclaim their bodies either. Mm-hmm. It's an odd and mentality. Told,
1: and we're being told that the reason why we cover is because the men in our lives tell us to.
0: Which is not true Which at all. Which is not true. No. My
1: dad didn't tell me to wear a My dad didn't want me to take off my hijab. Like, like, like. It affected my family when I took off my hijab. It still affects my family to this day because my grandma converted. Like, she fought for the right to wear wear hijab, like, by being Muslim. Like, converting is not easy. Her conversion story is crazy. And, you know, initially I wanted her to come on here and talk about that because I think it's really enlightening, like, the things that she went through. And, you know, back then they used to have Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad, like, on the TVs. And so that's how she, when she was 13, that's how she found out what Islam was because it popped up on the TV.
0: I hope she joined the real Islam and not she the she, Elijah she Muhammad a, Yeah, stuff no, yeah, she, okay. did, she did, she did, she did, she did, she did, she, did, she, did, she, did. she,
1: she, she got it, she which got it. Which is really cool,
0: like, yeah. Elijah Muhammad kind of, when, like...
1: When all that was happening, she was like, nah, this doesn't seem right, yeah. and she was like, let me go, Malcolm X away real quick, you no, know, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly, which is weird, because Elijah Muhammad kind of, like, it was self-destructive in that he taught... Yeah his followers to be smart and to think outside the box and to use their own mind Mm -hmm. and that ended up them not following him once they used their own mind which is i mean good for him for doing that but But
1: you know what i can say it created a really strong black muslim community it did it created a very strong black muslim community and you know like Slaves were Muslim when they came, and were t- Islam was taken away from them, a lot of slaves. Islam and that's why right, a lot of
0: black Muslims that are converts call themselves reverts and yeah. not converts. Well, actually, yeah, I think... That's
1: such a good point. I've never thought about it like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That That's the whole idea. And I, I think I think even white converts or even just Some anyone... Some people
1: say revert because of the idea that, like, you're, you know, you're you were born, born
0: Muslim. From. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's yeah. also a thing, too. Yeah. Uh, do you have something else for us? I
2: was just... Uh, pulling out the article she's talked about before, um, some of the messed up stuff they did to her when she was trying to get these photo shoots taken. They basically just literally removed it, or they would just tell her not to come at all if she was going to wear it sometimes, um, which is the reason why she quit working and modeling completely. Wow. Did they
0: when you when you say that she re, that they removed it do you mean like they edited it out after she took the photo
2: shoot? Uh, the shoots were essentially erasing my hijab completely so what she said Yeah. so
1: when she says that she said that on excuse me her Instagram post and i what i understood from what she was saying is why she then followed with like examples of like when she started modeling and how she got discovered because if you're going to discover someone who's modeling and, and what they're wearing and then want to transition them into being a supermodel and then start to take away from that. You can't. You can't do because, because you wanted them for what you saw first. And now you're changing that. And so she po- she posted pictures. So that quote is from, I think, when she posted the series of pictures showing the differences of, like, the shoots and the modeling shoots that she was doing. And, you know, to some people, a lot of people who don't understand like what it means to be a hijabi or to have ever worn hijab and to feel pressures of like how i should wear it um they're not going to see the differences But hijabis and muslim girls see the differences Hmm. because we see them every day
0: and the fact is that she was about to become a supermodel because of her hijab not because and her awesome personality obviously and a lot of other things but her her keeping her identity strong is what was like throwing her into the it's yeah. just being a supermodel. And, even and I want to ask you, but, yeah, Bella yeah,
1: Hadid, on. Bella Hadid and Gigi Hadid were like reaching out on their public stories and were like this she's so strong for this. Like like other models who are staying in the industry are still supporting her and I think that's amazing. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's
0: talk about let's talk about the hijabi struggle cuz I think that's very important and I and I really hate how uh, when I look at comments online, and I know it's only a small percentage of men because you know millions of people look at those, or thousands or hundreds of thousands of people look at these posts, but then like two, four, five, six men, Muslim men comment like, "Oh, you're not wearing it right," or a "Why woman. are you a Muslim woman and you're do not wearing it right?" Have, do they
1: have a wife? They're so like I'm so confused.
0: (laughs) Like I just do you have
1: a wife? Do you have a mother? Yeah. Do you have uh, somebody else in your life that you could be influencing them instead of influencing a random person who you don't know what kind of day they're having? You don't know what kind of struggle they're having with their hijab. You don't know what kind of struggle that you don't know kind of day they had. You don't know if they're having a bad hijab day. You don't know if they didn't have time to brush their hair under their hijab. And for you to say like. Your piece, your piece of your hair showing. You should just take it off. And then they take it off. And then you come back and you're like, I knew you weren't a real Muslim. <laughs> like, dang. Like, what? Are, like, what is? What is she supposed to do?
0: Like, they're, they're, they piss me off the most. They keep me up at night sometimes. I they really just hate that. I was I was I was watching this one TikTok where this one Muslim girl who wasn't wearing a hijab was going off. And she was going off on how, like, Islam's not this and that, Islam's actually this. And she was saying some brilliant stuff. Mm-hmm. And I look at the comments to see, like, good comments and from I was Muslims. And everyone's
1: saying, but you're not wearing hijab. Me,
0: exactly. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, i was going to say, that's why I was a little
1: scared to talk about the topic of hijab today. Because I was like, "No, but you." everyone's going to be like, Jenna should not be talking about this
0: and Screw him. I don't,
1: you know I don't, what like, oh, I should because I wore hey, a sure. for God knows how long and my goal is to go back to it period like people think that you take your hijab off once and it's the end of the world people forget that Islam is a journey people forget that Islam was brought to guide us okay and my mom has always told me and I'm pretty sure like 100% sure that in Islam like Allah says like nothing in Islam and what I've given to you is not supposed to be hard for you you know, and which is why, for example, there's a concept that if you don't know something, as a sin, you're not being held accountable for it because you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if you are in an environment, say, um, where you can't get certain resources like clean meat or something like that, like you can get a, I, I think, do some doba you can get a pass like because Allah is very understanding like I'm not going to overuse that Allah is most merciful because that happens a lot and I'm not trying to be one of those Muslims. I don't like people that overuse Allah's mercy because you're taking advantage
0: Right. because
1: that's not what Allah is here for. Allah is not here just to give us his mercy. Which is God, right? A yeah, lot yeah, of people uh, yeah, don't. Yeah, sorry, Allah is sorry, sorry. God, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, And the thing is, is that my mom didn't wear the hijab until she, hijab is a scarf that women wear around their head. I think hijab is one of those things yeah. that Americans actually, yeah. well, not Americans, there we go, guys. Yeah, yeah,
1: see, but it's a that crazy non-Muslims, it's, right? Yeah, yeah
0: That non-Muslims aren't aware, mm-hmm. uh, that are aware. And thing is, is like, my mom didn't wear it until she was 23. My grandma didn't wear it until she was like 40, 45. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of my aunts to this day aren't wearing it, and the other mm-hmm. half do wear it. And it. In In Muslim countries, they, in, at least in Arab countries, they operate so differently mm-hmm. than how you see in non-Arab countries when it comes to the hijab. And I,
1: I've I, seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. And that was something that when, you know, talking to my grandma about no longer wearing hijab, like, we had to talk about because... She was like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of young Muslim women not wear hijab. And, you know, I think that for her gave her a little bit more of ease that I didn't want to do it anymore because it didn't look like I was straying from the flock too much. Unfortunately, like a lot of girls were taking off their hijab. But I took my hijab off the year of Trump, the year Trump got elected. That was the year I took my hijab off.
0: I remember when you took off your hijab because you and I had a conversation about it.
1: A lot of people had conversations with me about it because I, I was doing like modeling stuff and I was wearing hijab and everything and um, like I had a lot of Instagram followers and I would like I was doing I was taking over hijabi Instagram or sorry it's hijab this hijabi snapchat page and I would get like thousands of views like I was pretty popular in hijabi I would say
0: and you and, know what, you know what I, you know that's cut yeah, you off I, but Something I've noticed about you is that actually probably once you took off your hijab I saw you going down the correct road towards God. More yeah. more.
1: I'm really glad you just said that because that was the goal. Yeah. That was the goal for me. Why did
0: you, why did you if you don't mind me asking yeah, why yeah, did you take of it off in okay. the first place? So,
1: I was working somewhere um, new and someone did not want for me to help them out because I was Muslim and if Trump had just got elected and I was already um, just like down bad. Uh, a little bit about my personal life. My dad had just gone to prison like right before that happened. And so I was already like personally going through a lot of crap. Like I was just like in like honestly shambles, like trying to figure out what I'm going to do. But I was in school, so I didn't know. I didn't know that how like how badly like my dad being gone like was affecting me when I was there. Luckily, he's out now thanks to COVID. But, um, Like, I didn't know how badly him being gone had affected me, and being at school, and school has always been a distraction more than anything for me. Like, high school, didn't talk to boys, didn't do anything. Like, I graduated high school when I was 16. I just graduated college at 21. Um, I got accepted to my master's a little early. Like, I not going but <laughs> I did and so I feel like you know like I was successful in that way when it came to academics because I used it as a big distraction and so parts of me were like well who am I without school go to school go to college start living on campus um, meeting new people joined a sorority um, like obviously the influences of in my life did play a part in me no longer wearing hijab but I think that cherry on top was the job like dude, you're not going to want to talk, you're not going to want help from me because I wear hijab and I'm already struggling as a hijabi, like, going from third grade wearing hijab in um, private school and the rules... On hijab at the school, were a little strict, couldn't have certain types of.
0: They were a lot strict. That's okay, not, I just, listen, I
1: wasn't trying to, I wasn't, I don't, want to was put too much, I don't want to put too much on blast here. I didn't have that great of an experience at all. No, it's a terrible so experience. So, okay, yep, yeah, yeah, we're going there. Yeah, no, I didn't, I horrible. had a very bad experience. I'm grateful for my Islamic knowledge from that school. They, they did a good I, job of they teaching teaching you, great job said. of teaching me Islam. They did a horrible job about teaching me of about Implementing. Life. It. Yeah, and that, oh, that was a good point, and life too. But, um, so yeah. what, kind of,
0: what kind of went down, like, emotionally and mentally for you when, yeah. when you struggled with, t- like, should I yeah. take it off, should I not? Yeah. I mean, I have my friends yeah. in my sorority yeah. that that, that yeah. don't wear it. And, like, the idea of beauty and showing your yeah. hair and, and how it, in Western society, the more you show, the more beautiful yeah. you are as a woman and the more, yeah. like, respected. So and, like, I started kind of
1: off, when I, went, when I started public school in high school, my dad was like, are you going to wear hijab tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, I'm a hijabi. I want to be a hijabi the rest of my life that's my identity, like, and I'm Muslim, and I love myself, and I love that about me. And that, was, that stayed strong through high school, it stayed like strong through all of that, which I'm really surprised, because I think high school is when a lot of girls break, and I didn't, and so I think that's how I knew that I was a little bit stronger than I was letting on for myself to believe. Um, but getting to college, having the background that I did, being um, protected and sheltered the way that I was, going to college was my high school experience (laughs) i will say that the least so that's when i started to experience like real life and luckily i have very a very great family that is very open to talk to me about literally anything like any any possible topic drugs sex alcohol we talk about it i tell them what i've done i tell them what i haven't done i tell them what i'm comfortable i tell them what i'm not some things i hide obviously i have a personal life but like they know they know me i want my parents to know me because your family's all you've got i don't care what struggles we have but that's all you got and you know my it was hard for my, i had been talking about and asking like hey like i don't really know like if i'm loving hijab as much as i used to and something that i wish someone my age would have told me is that you're gonna fall out of love with your hijab or you're gonna fall back in love with it too you know and i guess my journey was falling back in love with it while not wearing it because you know, I wore it when I didn't have to. So um, I think something that I might implement with my daughters, God willing, if I have daughters, is maybe to hold off a little bit and really give them that appreciation for what it means first and give them that ability to like live their best life and not be a hijab because they don't have to wear hijab. Like, I want them to see me wearing hijab and Want to emulate that, but I want them to do it on their own. And like, I did do it on my own, but do I think that Islamic school influenced that? Yes, because it was to the point where I was too afraid to tell my friends in seventh or what, yeah, sixth, seventh grade, that I wasn't wearing hijab when I like went to my next school. Like, I went to two middle schools, went to Al hada and I went to a private public school, and I didn't wear it when I went to that public school because my mom's like, You're too young, you don't have to. And I was too afraid to tell the girls in my class that I wasn't wearing it because I thought they were going to judge me. They weren't. They weren't. They are were really good people. I don't know why I was so scared, but it comes with that identity thing. Because, I don't know, like, identity makes things complicated.
0: And, and my mom and my dad kind of had the same mentality as you. Like, my sister, um, when she was 10 years it, my parents left it completely up to my sisters. Like, you're going to wear the hijab when you're ready. Because all, all a hijab signifies is a woman's relationship with God. And once she's at that stage, and as you said, like, it's a journey. When Islam's a journey, you have to go through a certain amount in the journey. You have to reach a certain point in the journey for you, to, in order yeah. for you to put on the hijab. And if, when it's forced, and I think in your own life, uh, based off what I'm hearing, you didn't actually get to choose like when to put I did. on the hijab. I thought
1: I did. And I always, you know, like, anytime someone would ask me, like, I choose to wear hijab because every day I would wake up and choose to wear hijab. Yes. But... I don't know, like the initial, like, you know, seeing your mom wear hijab and then wearing it to the masjid or like to the mosque and stuff, like that's normal stuff because everyone's doing it. But then, you know, I'm seeing my mom wear it out in public and stuff and I'm getting that influence in my life. But then to go to a school where then I wear it seven days or five out of the seven days of the week and then I'm hanging out with them on the weekends. So I'm putting it back on. It just happened. Hmm. It like, it just happened. So that's why I think when I got to high school, my dad was like, are you going to wear it? To see if like, It was because of school or if it was me but at that point it had become me because that's all I had ever known like I don't think like I obviously I do I did know what life without hijab was but I didn't know what it was like to a certain extent
0: right yeah so when you came to the decision to take it off which is a huge decision huge to to do in your own life uh, what kind of went through your head there
1: um I okay I'm going to give the tea, because listen, this is all about learning, and I'm not holding any of this back. I definitely was doing the little, excuse my French, little hojabi phase that every hijabi goes through right before they want to take off their hijab, where they're not really wearing it everywhere they go, and it slips back, and all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that your scarf slipping back too much is a problem, because that's a cute hijab style if you want to wear it, but I used to wear my hijab, like, you know egghead they used to call me eggy jenny like that <laughs> eggy my instagram name used to be eggy x jenny and everyone called me eggy because i looked like an egg in my scarf and it slowly you know but with the trends and um hijabi fashion bloggers on instagram blowing up and teaching hijabis how to be fashionable too the hijab slowly started to the point where my favorite YouTuber, who's one of the reasons, like one of the girls who I would get my hijab styles from doesn't wear it anymore. And she was like the mogul. She's like the number one, Dina Tokyo. Yeah, but I love her still. I support her in her journey because of what we were talking about earlier. Can like I pull her up real quick, yeah. Brett?
2: Let's
1: see. Dina, D-I-N-A. Uh, Why'd she take it off? Same reason that we're talking about right now.
0: I know, but like if you're going to become a... No, listen, like... And then of have that.
1: thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of men telling you what to and to not do when you have a husband and kids and what to do and what to, mm-hmm. and, to and to not do with your hijab. Look at
0: images real quick. Like, see what she looks like.
1: Like, I've been I was watching her since I was in, like, the sixth grade.
0: So is that her before?
1: The hijab is before. No, hijab is after. And? And there's Adam Saleh doing his little review. Guys really like him though. sometimes. Okay. I don't
0: know. I'm not gonna talk all that long. It's okay. I don't enjoy them that much. Get that burgundy wall background. Is that that's her? True. Yeah, that's her. What? And she's still uh, married, right? Here's another
1: one, Amina Chibby. I think she's from the U.K. She also took her hijab off. Hannah Talani on you Instagram. Why'd you take it off? Also took it off. The same. Literally, what we're talking about right now. When they make their like, when they made their videos of like, nope. It's like C H I B B. I, something like that. This lady's
0: going to hate us. Or something. Why is her...
1: Nah, not it's not it. coming up. Oh, it's A-M-E-E? Yeah. Nah, I don't think it's coming
0: up. She has a weird name. What, yeah. what was the other one?
1: Um, Hannah something. It's like H-A-N-A, last name T-E-H.
0: T-E-H.
1: Maybe it's that last
0: one. This one, try. Yeah, sounds like it would be.
1: That's a really basic name, clearly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Okay, no, she's yeah, not really mind. Maybe if you
1: looked on YouTube and searched their names on YouTube. but. Um,
0: well, why would you – that that blows my mind because you're, you're doing it in your personal life. Yeah. But they're – they but literally – like, their whole see, identity – But see,
1: listen, why – if I was – see, on a smaller scale, I literally walked in to one of my public health classes on campus and three non-Muslim girls – were in the back talking about me not wearing hijab anymore. And the reason I knew that is because there was a guy sitting right with them. Like, he was friends with them. And I did not like this group of people. Like, they were just kind of obnoxious to me. And, like, I thought they were my friends up until this situation. Or, you know, friends, school friends, schoolmates. And um, I I walk into class, and the guy just goes, Hey, Jenna! Like, really loud. And I'm like, Hey. And then he... I open my laptop, and I go on Facebook, and he messages me. And he's like, I didn't mean to, like be weird but the girls were like talking mad crap about you not wearing your scarf anymore and like saying you're doing it for attention and boys and this and that and I thought that that wasn't cool and I didn't want you to hear it.
0: And they're not Muslim. And they're
1: not Muslim. And this boy also was not Muslim. Wow. Yeah.
0: So it's not even a problem within the Muslim community, mm-hmm. you know, it's just people.
1: It's just people and the thing is is I don't blame I don't want to separate why I took my hijab off with the reason that they did because I think it's all cut from the same cloth
0: like what were men saying to her online, you know?
1: The same things we were talking about, those men that stay up and are like, pieces of your hair are showing. Like, how does your um, husband uh, let you do that? Da da, da 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 continue, continue, continue. You eat that from out? Like, continue, continue, continue. Can you judge someone's Islam?
0: What is that the equivalent of, like, when it comes to, like, non-Muslim, internet they trolls? They do the
1: same thing. I know them. They do yeah. the same things. I know, like, Catholic girls, they do the same thing. Catholic boys, that do the same thing. There's, like, Twitter fandoms of... People that it's the idea of um, like giving the word of God, like dawa, like that. But for like some people, do it the wrong way.
0: A lot of people. A do lot of the people,
1: and people forget that people studied 40 years to be able to give proper dawa. You have to study to give dawa. That's the first thing that they taught me in huda You cannot want to go out and spread the word of Allah if you do not know it yourself.
0: Exactly. Because
1: what like and. Right now everything that's happening within the Muslim community and all the differences and stuff comes from that comes from someone saying that they know everything about something and spreading that knowledge, which is why you're supposed to say um, Like if I've said anything wrong, please correct me and please forgive me because the knowledge you're giving someone is powerful The knowledge the knowledge you're giving someone influences them, Like what you say to someone even if it's just like a sentence, it's spoken knowledge like every word is spoken knowledge. So we have to take care of the words that we say better than we do, especially when it comes to Islam. If you hold Islam number one in your life, you better know how to talk about it.
0: Hmm. So let's go back to the, the hijabi thing. Yeah. So what was it yeah, that, yeah, you, yeah. that you, emotional and mental struggle okay, in like So there?
1: Again, I think it was a slow incline. I think my environment played a big role and then The biggest part was...
0: Do you say you regret going with the sorority now because of that?
2: No. No, No,
1: I've met so many Muslim girls in my sorority. First of all, um, there's actually a girl that we grew up with that's in the sorority now. Well, well, we don't have to say her name But yeah, there's a girl that, she's in it now. Like, people like Muslim girls I've known, like, grown up with and seen at the masjid are in sororities and stuff and like joining and you know like integrating themselves and empowering themselves as women because there are places for muslim women in sororities you just have to find it you have to find where you fit obviously i'm not going to sit here and say that all girls need to join a sorority and it was the best thing but it was the best thing for me i was an only child for 14 years i didn't have sisters i didn't have aunts i didn't have cousins really like i had one female cousin around my age but she's like a little older than me so they became, those are, really are like my sisters. Like, we fight like sisters. We, like, love like sisters. We cry like sisters. It's, I, like, that is something that I can say, like, I appreciate. Do I think that there are a lot of negatives to Greek life? Yes.
0: Yeah. Heck a yes. A lot of them.
1: Heck yes, and the, I you, do. We got
0: to make a difference here. You went to a UBC yes, sorority. Yes, Which is way, way different than, way like, different. a USC, Penn State. No, 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 no. Know, uh, the, my,
1: my My entire sorority chapter is the size of, like, half of a pledge class at a big school, which right. is like, there are about 50 girls and UMC in has people. a lot
0: of Muslims. Yeah, so a, lot a lot of Muslims. Of the, you know, you could find your Muslim group within a sorority, Well, like in Penn State, you're, you're, you're going to find a you're lot gonna of stacys. You're going to be Stasis. the one Muslim.
1: Yeah. You're going to, yeah, a lot of Stacy's. You're going to be the one Muslim there. So I'm yeah. blessed to have gone through that and, you know, been in that sorority because like those are sisters I can hold on for life. Now I have my Muslim sisters and my sorority sisters, you know, all that stuff. So it's great. But um, I was putting my, with Greek life, I was putting myself in situations where I wasn't representing Islam the way that I should have been. And I respect Islam way too much to disrespect Islam like that and be going places and doing things I shouldn't be doing with my hijab on. Because I've seen that and like I'm glad that you're able to keep your hijab on in those certain situations. But for me, I was thinking about like in the long run, I would never want someone to look back at what i was doing and be like and she was a hijabi and did that what kind of muslim is she because at least someone can say that i was doing my best on my journey and i wasn't as i because i knew i was shaking my islam i i i was transparent i'm very transparent i know you're supposed to hide your sins but i'm it's life like that was a very big public open change that i went through and I am not, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't put myself in the situation to either further be judged by my Islam because I struggled I struggled with sin while wearing hijab. Like I didn't want I wanted to kind of struggle with sin incognito. Mm. Because I, and and I didn't want people to continue to be like Muslims aren't supposed to do that. You know you're not supposed to do that. Like I know I'm not supposed to do this. Like I'm in I know I'm not supposed to do this. Like we all have our ailments, bro. Like we do. Sorry, I'm nervous. Like talking about this makes me a little nervous, but everyone has their sins, And I really wish that Muslims were more accepting of the fact that like sinning comes with being human and being Muslim means helping each other get through that properly. Like the reason why I still have so much love for hijab is because of those Muslim girls in my sorority and like, because of the Muslim girls in my life that we've all gone through the transition of wearing hijab not wearing hijab and figuring out where our love of Islam stems from first and re- like finding ourselves like I couldn't find myself with hijab on because I had to redefine what hijab really did mean to me and it still means a lot of the same stuff that it meant before it's just better and it's stronger and when I do wear it I hope it's forever
0: and it's by choice. And it's by choice. Which yeah. Which makes a big difference. Yeah.
1: And I didn't like putting, yeah. So it came down to like the emotional end of like all of that wanting to take it off came from, I couldn't represent Islam in a negative light. I wasn't good. That wasn't going to be my sin.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And it's weird because a lot of people just immediately assume that if you're a hijabi, that means you're perfect and you're following the religion And that's another correctly. thing. And it
1: was hard to hold that on my shoulders. It was hard. And I came from, I was in MSA, I was on the board and then I quit, I took off my hijab, I quit the board and I joined a sorority. And so for people that don't know me and weren't in my personal life, they're like, she's going downhill. She's two seconds from Kufar, like whatever. Like
0: From disbelief. Yeah, right. from
1: disbelief. Yeah. But that wasn't it at all, you know? And I wish that people would have wanted to have, like sit down and have that conversation with me because anyone who asked got like a short version of this answer
0: and I think all you did there was you took one step back to take two steps forward I
1: did and I appreciate that and that's some, like that hindsight is 2020 and 2020 um I, that's something that I'm just now realizing like again I was a lot stronger then than I realized I was for making that decision and being like I made a big big decision that was a dangerous decision because taking off hijab, I could have got lost like, taking off hijab, joining a sorority, like, not having my dad around in college, like, I could have been lost. But, like, Islam kept me there. And, like, what I was, I knew myself and I knew what I needed to do to, like, graduate college and continue to be in become, like, a great, like, Muslim woman, because that's what I want to be, like, you know, in Al-Hudda, we read the great women of Islam, like, I still, like, embody and want to, or want to embody, like, all, a lot of those qualities of, like, Maryam, the son, the, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's in that book, like, she's one of the women that I look up to, like, 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 people are like, Jenna has so much knowledge, how could she have lost Islam, like, I didn't, I don't think I did. I don't want to sound arrogant or anything I don't think I did and I hope
0: I didn't. I think you just went decided to take a step back and go about it the correct way that was gonna be everlasting yeah. rather than just and it's something that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said is that you don't rush into Islam, you don't rush into the religion. And you knew me back when, you know, I was wilding yeah. out too. Like yeah. I was I was doing every single sin in the book. And yeah. you know, I think that's one of the reasons you and I clicked when we first met is because I saw me and you. I saw yeah. Two people that were kind of lost two people that were trying to find their way and they didn't fit necessarily with the the, the MSA and, yeah. and the Muslim directive of just like we know how they're yeah. there's style there's is stuff
1: and, in there's stuff with there's negatives within every little society right yeah. right
0: right and it just didn't fit us but we didn't completely fit into the opposite direction either right. and it, I, I just I enjoy watching how you and I have grown yeah. in the last two to three say, years. Like, I'm
1: very, like, with you starting this podcast, like, I was so impressed. At first, I was like, I really hope he can do this, you know, because we've had so many good conversations in the past, and it's like, this is something that could be great. And I think you're very knowledgeable. Like, you sit there and want to watch random documentaries, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that's awesome. And, like, you sit there and want to educate yourself. And I think that I agree, like, the transition that we've made of, like, being like lost, and then being—I'm not saying we're found. We're, we're always found, on a right? journey. You're well, never found. we understood
0: found. that we're lost. Yeah, that's what made us. That's Acknowledging that you're lost
1: is the first step. Right. Like, completely.
0: And I think we're we're, we're there, which is that yeah. we understood that because if you would have asked us back then, are we lost? We were like, no. I would
1: have been like, I'm, I know who I am. I'm Muslim. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Muslim. Yeah, Muslim. But now you ask. While us. sinning, yeah, I'm Muslim. Like you wanna save us more before you do this? Like the jokes we had. Like there's all that. Like and you know, I don't want to make sin look fun.
0: Oh it's not. It's not. It's not at
1: all. I don't want to make sin look fun because yo, those five minutes give you what months of pain? Months of pain, months of bad health, months of whatever. Like it's not worth it. Like like self- Self care isn't woo. Let's live our best life. Like let's actually live our best lives and like help ourselves.
0: Right. Let's have <laughs> you know discipline. What I'm you know. let's yeah. I I found in my life that the more I've stayed away from my desires, the more I've been able to control my desires, the happier I became. Yes.
1: Oh, that is such a good point, and that's something that I literally figured out today. That's something I was thinking about today. I was like, the more I stay away from the things that like hinder me like the happier my mind the clearer my mind is and like I just went through like a big mental health journey this year Um, with my dad coming home the transition back my little brothers moving back from with their mom and moving and and ending college and COVID and I got really depressed I was on antidepressants like I mean I still am so um, like Obviously I think that that's helping me and I think that there is help there. Do I think that medicated help is needed? No. Do I think that having conversations like this about real life and saying that it's okay to be lost and having people like you and I like talk about what it's like on that journey of being lost, like that is what is going to get us all to being like healthy, healthy, happier young Muslims. Because when we're talking about mental health, like overall, like yes, like our generation has is big on mental health but the mental health within the muslim american population is something i feel like i don't hear too too much like i hear about it but i don't hear about it a lot and i think a lot of it stems from a lot of what we're talking
0: about and it goes down to you hear about it from speeches you hear about it from people who are knowledgeable but it's only them mm-hmm. like the rest of the community e- even when the pew research you know pre-research yeah. for for governments it's when they try to get Statistics on Muslim suicide rate in America. They can't. They can't mm-hmm. find it because Muslim parents hide it. Yeah. The reason they hide it is because they'll be judged, and yep. if, you know you'll find that mosques might not even bury the child because they committed yep. suicide. Might A
1: child, and uh, let me say that a child who no matter how they die, is still a Muslim. And if you're a child and you're if you die, a child, you're a Muslim. Right. Like that is, who cares how you die? They said they were Muslim. Who are you? To say that it's kind of like, kids. how dare you? Like, how dare
0: you look at a mother and in be like, And last,
1: what? in their, like, for the, in the last thing that you could give this person, this family, a deed that you could have, a deed that you could have under your belt, you've taken away peace that you could have given someone's family, you've taken away, and that in itself is a good deed. Kindness is a deed. So, like, you, you saying that you're, you hold some type of knowledge of knowing that because this young child just committed suicide, that they shouldn't be buried with the Muslims like, good for you, and I pray to God someone doesn't do that to you when you pass away. Right. And they point out the, a sin that you made that caused your death.
0: And it's not true, either. Like, it's yeah. not correct. Yeah. It's based off of incorrect knowledge and incorrect yeah. implementation of the knowledge, mm-hmm. at least. Same thing, like, if so, if, so if we're going to say that, oh, because suicide is is prohibited in Islam, as it is in many other religions, that you're not going to bury someone who committed suicide. It's like, okay, so you're not going to ma- yeah. bury a person who murdered someone, you're going to have to bury someone. And with
1: that, and with that, I do want to say we, I personally have not done a lot of research on what were the mental health issues issues during the time of the prophet peace be upon him. You know what I'm saying? Why is, because everything has hikmah, everything has a wisdom. Why is it said that suicide is prohibited because suicide, if you look on Google, says that it is a side effect of depression it is a side effect of or it is a side effect or you know possible um what is it possible. psychosis possible it i cannot remember the right word right just, now, but
0: suicide happens during a state of exactly psychosis. so
1: for you for someone to say that someone killing themselves is immediately completely forbidden and now they can't be buried with a muslim is wrong because if they have a mental health issue
0: and we don't know, right?
1: What? like who like I don't know. Like
0: Exactly, you like we don't say? know. You have to bury
1: them if they're Muslim, bury them. And we all know that that, that the, the lot of land that they're paying for, that people pay years and years and years in advance for a land just to be buried, they're paying money at these Muslim cemeteries, extra money just to be paid just to be buried with Muslims. Not only are you like, I don't want to bury you with the Muslims, I don't want to take your money for this Islamic establishment. I don't want to take your money. I don't want to take like, and I'm sorry, but what what Muslim person doesn't want to like take some money? You know what I'm saying? Like, and when you're like, unfortunately, they make money off of being of dead people. Like that's sad, and it's sad, and it's sad for someone to push a family away like that when they want when that's what they want. Like, there's just so many things that confuse me in general about
0: religious communities. Religious
1: communities, and then on top of that, why we pay to die. Right. That confuses me itself. But, like that's yeah. a different topic. Like,
0: funerals
2: are expensive. Yeah, like they're yeah.
1: so expensive. I don't understand.
2: What do we, What do you have I for your
1: yeah,
2: what? Just some health line stuff about yeah. suicide prevention. Just a lot of the
1: viewers
2: yeah. and everything. Nothing oh early. yeah,
1: don't forget to put a trigger warning.
2: A trigger warning. Yeah, we really? talk
1: about depression. We talk about suicide. You have to put a trigger warning.
2: Oh
0: my god.
1: Just say like we've talked. Like there are parts of this. And then in your in 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 the YouTube video or in the in the description, put the timestamp of when we used those words. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely look into that. Because like
1: us even saying that word could be very, very triggering because like for me, like I'm very much so progressed in my mental health journey from where I've been. Like I'm still on the journey, like I struggle every day, but um, when I was in the beginning, like hearing the word would be like, Oh my God, like Oh, okay, I like, see what you mean. Because, I
0: like, didn't like, know that. Because
1: Having a psychiatrist sit in front of you and you're like, I have anxiety. And then they're like, you also are a major depressive and we think you're really suicidal. So let's give you all of these drugs. And I'm like, no, I just have anxiety, sir. Like, ps- psychiatrists just give you drugs. You need to go to the therapist if you don't want drugs. I'm just saying. If you don't want to be medicated through that, go to a therapist because they have therapy programs designated for certain mental health issues that you can go through that are not medicated based. Some people do need medication and that's okay but people don't know that and so people have you have to think people already have traumatizing experiences with their mental health journey they also have very traumatizing experiences getting better because we talk about the healthcare system not being that great you have to think about the people that are in psych wards during covid you have to think about all of that because it's it makes it harder you have to think about the doctors that that the, the psychiatrist that didn't study too much about about psychology, really, and about therapy, and about humanity to really look at their patient on a level of this person's going through something. They just want, like, they're a doctor. The only thing they know how to do is prescribe a drug. You have to see a
0: therapist.
1: You have to see a therapist.
0: I agree 100%. A lot of Muslim communities, especially if you're from an immigrant community in Nassim, uh Going to a therapist is considered taboo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. it's
0: considered like weak, yeah. especially for men. It's a huge problem within the, the male world, even Muslim or non-Muslim alike. Mm-hmm. Like males aren't allowed to express mm-hmm. emotion. It's looked down yeah. upon from both females and males. Like females look down on men when they express emotion because then they're like, mm-hmm. you know, not a protective man that could take care but of them. But the
1: prophet would we'll cry
0: every like in front of a lot um, of people. In front of so many people. And, he and it would, it's beautiful about him that he showed us through his actions that he's willing to express mm. emotion yeah. uh, in in the darkest of times, even in a culture that was even more taboo against emotions. Mm. Like Arabs back then yeah, were super right. taboo against emotions, and the Prophet, right. peace be upon him, was doing it in a culture that was like, there was no such thing as mental health. Like, there was none of that stuff. Yeah. So we got to work on that. As and then, as then as sometimes community. I'm like,
1: what is mental health because of that? Like, I would love to see... Or I would love to know if there is any knowledge, of if there were men, any mental health issues that were talked about during that time because it, of how prevalent it is now, because it would really help a lot of young Muslim people, and if not, we're going to have to make, that. we're going to have to create that and create those safe spaces for Muslim people to be un-okay to then be okay, you know? Mm. Because we have, like, we, we talk about our identity crisis, and our crises and stuff like that, but Like I'm black, you're Egyptian. Like our paths would have probably never crossed if it wasn't just of the state that we lived in, and we deal with a lot of the same things, have gone through a lot of the same like sins, a lot of the same mental issues, a lot of that stuff. Like we can create that foundation to have young Muslim people know how to deal with their mental health in a way that's not taboo through Islam, because. They, people are just going to go read some Qur'an, like, yes, but what could you read in the Qur'an that could help you? Like, don't just read the Arabic, read something in English that will benefit you, like, with hardship comes ease. Or, or,
0: something or listen like to that. a scholar yeah. that speaks your language yeah. right? and will interpret it. Like, like,
1: there are things.
0: I love, for example, uh, scholars like Naaman Ali Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omar said, like, man, does Wonderful Walmart job. Paul Russell
1: is amazing, amazing.
0: Um, Mufti Mink is yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I follow him
1: on Twitter. He's hilarious, I love his man. tweets.
0: This guy is, I don't even know. He's just like sitting there yeah. like cuddling with goats no, and with seriously. rabbits. Like, yeah, this guy is really having a great time. So, it, it just, We have to have more heaviness, and I think it's happening. It's happening slowly, mm-hmm. though, but we need to push yeah. it a little bit more.
1: Yeah. But the only reason I brought up the trigger warning thing is because with all of that, when you're going through being in a psych ward and stuff like that, like, it's a mental game in itself, so you're, you're leaving life, which is a mental game for you, to go into another mental game that you have to relearn to then, while you're rewiring your brain to be okay when you go back out, so then you have to relearn what it's like to be out, it's traumatizing.
0: So when I think of depression, and this is basically a question, but I'm going to tell you what I think of when I think of depression, Mm -hmm. and you can correct me, Mm -hmm. uh, is that I think it's first mental and emotional, Mm -hmm. and then if it proceeds, if it goes on for a certain Mm -hmm. period of time, then it becomes chemical, then it becomes physical. Is that how it is?
1: So I like to think about it how, um, and I don't know if you can look this up, but you know when something about elephants, they actually have strings in their heart that snap when they're really sad.
0: I think that happens with humans too. And
1: I, that's what like I was Like gonna heartbreak say. is like physical. Heartbreak is a physical thing. And then you have to think about the way that your heart pumps blood throughout your entire body that is oxygen. And your brain needs oxygen. Your brain needs them for the neurons and the dopamines and all that stuff. It's it's in there. So when, like, and that goes into things with like childhood trauma, you don't know. You don't, which is why I think mental health in our generation is as big as it is because we've been, we, we are the trickle down of generational trauma. Generational trauma, generational trauma, generational trauma, and now there's us, and we're dealing with wanting to get better and know what real happiness is, but so many people don't know what real happiness is because of all the generational trauma that's probably messed up their brains chemically. Like, what is true happiness?
0: And what I've learned personally from what true happiness is, and people can take it if they want, uh, is to now actually chase happiness at all but to go for gratitude, to be grateful, to be thankful, to look for things in your personal life. Like I I sit there sometimes and I don't want to tune my own horn or trying to bring out what I do on my own time and say it in public, but that I, I sit there trying to find like little things, I'm, I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for my parents, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, like really pondering, really impl like really letting it implode in my mind. of things that I'm grateful for, and, and once you're grateful you, for
1: the negative things, because you those things, for the negative things all the all yeah. the sinning, all everything I've done, every negative thing I've done, every horrible thing I can think that I've ever done, created who I am right now. And right now, I think that I'm doing really well.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree with yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And once yeah. you get gratitude. That can be an attitude that, that can, that can stay with you. But emotion is a hap, I mean, happiness is an emotion. Yeah. Just like sadness, just like anger, it goes away and it should, it it would be really weird if it stayed. Yeah.
1: And just like love, everyone says that, you know, we don't know the definition has, the definition of love is like basically non-existent because it's a feeling. So no one can write that feeling on paper. Like my love of God cannot be put on paper. Like it's not something that I can write down because I just, it's too much. And that's what love is, and that's what happiness is, and that's what anger is, and that's what anxiety is, and that's what anxiousness is, and that's what all of that is. Like, those, those feelings are something that are so hard to translate. So we need to do more of being grateful for what we have and grateful for the small things to learn how to be happy with them because we're doing so much chasing. We're doing so much chasing of life and finding, like, like chasing the best life and wanting the best because we're seeing the best and we're influenced by the best but why do we think that all of those things are the best for us like what Allah could have said or what God could have said is what's best for me I don't even know like this right now could have been the best possible situation that I could be in like you know what I'm saying like I don't like I'm grateful to be here in this seat right now because I don't know what else Allah could have had planned for me I could be literally anywhere else. I could be dead. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like,
1: like I'm grateful.
0: Yeah. And it's, I, I love to live by this as much as I can, which is don't be hap- Don't be grateful because you're happy. Be happy because you're grateful. And that that's a huge change in mentality. A yeah. lot of people need to start implementing it. Do you have mm-hmm. something for us, Brad, or are you still looking around?
2: I couldn't find anything about the elephants, but it's a hundred percent broken heart syndrome is real. Um, a mimics a heart attack, essentially. Um, where you're actually, like, physically, like, your heart is just not working that well because mm-hmm. of heartbreak and, like, other issues. <laughs> Women are much more susceptible, it seems like. Yeah. Um,
1: they feel harder. Women feel so hard.
2: But, yeah, it's definitely real, like, intense psychological and emotional effects mm-hmm. can, af- like, can affect your heart physically mm-hmm. as well. So, it's a real thing. It's real cool.
0: That's why I, I really do want, not because I'm a liberal, not because I'm a Democrat, not none of that. Yeah. I really do want woman to start leading this country a little bit more and around the world a yeah, little bit more. Because I think it would make a huge difference. Like like that lady, the president of New Zealand, like the yeah. prime minister of You're New Zealand.
1: A queen. She's a
0: queen. She's great. She's gotten rid of COVID completely. Yeah. I'm like, yo, like, we need to get a woman in yeah. here. I was just saying that to my mom the other day. My mom yeah
1: like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, because... I mean, I don't want to get
0: too much into this topic, but... I don't want to... I, I'm so sorry, Mom. I keep calling her out. I hope she
1: doesn't. Oh, my gosh. No, and I feel like I've called out people, like, on my family, too. And I'm so sorry. My mom's great. My wonderful mom's wonderful
0: My mom's awesome. I know. You know my mom, yeah, right? My awesome.
1: her, right? Yeah, she's awesome. She
0: taught. i a her, right? Yeah, she's the director of the preschool. Yeah, yeah. I remember her. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think mental health is very important and Islam does teach about it. It is I just the only reason I won't bring it up today yeah. is because it's going to take yeah, whole other a lot. Yeah, it's
1: a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, so um but it's it's important for us to realize that it's much better for us to be emotional. It's yeah. much better for us to show emotion and Prophet to be upon him told us not to be too emotional. Yeah. But and to I, express you know why? emotion. You
1: know, with everything I've been through this year my mom always used to say that. My mom used to always say, like, "Don't be too emotional. Like, don't be too happy. Don't be too sad and stuff. Because what happens when you're too sad? You're too happy. You're too anxious. You're too mad. You get mental health problems."
0: Yeah, it's you an know? extremity. it's Any extremity yeah. is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else you have for me, Jenna? I don't. I
1: mean, I could talk all day. You know me, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just we just gotta cap it off because it's yeah. a lot of. Time.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You got anything else? Or did you find yeah, you I just thing? found it. um Elephants, when they lose a mate, actually do die from broken hearts. Wow! You know that uh,
0: usually people like when spouses, when one spouse loses the other, you find that they die pretty soon after. My great grandparents,
1: that is exactly what happened. Yeah. My grandfather passed away first, and then my grandmother passed away. I think maybe a year later, Um, and it was just like it was really sad, and you know, hard on the family, but. You have to think they were together for like ever. It's kind of
0: bittersweet, right? Yeah, it's, like it's 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 cute. It's the, but it's the
1: exactly. It's it's the thing that every couple wants to do, you know. Like, you are you gonna go first, and but like, but like in in high, but it's sad. It's sad because that who like she was just kind of without him. Or no, I'm sorry, I was so backwards. She passed away first, and she was more of the caretaker. He passed away after, and he, it was like a very slow decline. In huh. surface, but,
0: yeah, yeah. It's not usual that the woman dies first in the relationship.
1: Yeah, she unfortunately she had cancer. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. cancer. That's, that's how my grandma died. But
1: yeah, I hate saying the word cancer. You can tell I get really awkward when I say it. I, <laughs> ha- I hate <laughs> the word cancer.
0: It, I hate cancer. Cancer yeah, 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 sucks. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, All Jenna. Right. I appreciate thank it. Thank you
1: so much for I'm having me. I'm glad I
0: had you on. Really? That was awesome. Thank you did a you. great thank job. You. Thank, you. You. thank you. you should definitely start your own podcast. Really? Right? really? Yes. Seriously? You did a great thank job you. Can
1: I move the
0: mic? Uh, Yes, you can. Awesome. Well, bye, guys. Thank you for bye. joining us. Bye.
2: Thanks for having me. <laughs>